morning, good afternoon, good evening um, to all my lovely and loyal listeners out there. You are with, uh, now rocking with Chris Honeycutt. This is the host of the Black Man's Love series. And next to me, I have Trey Washington. Um, I appreciate you coming on, brother. No worries. And um, Trey and I had a, a very brief conversation via Twitter, and I was looking for someone to come on to um, grace us on this next episode. And Trey stepped up to the plate, so I'm very excited for the conversation that he and I are going to have. And so not to keep too much time waiting, so we can just dive right into it. Do you remember the first time you fell in love? First of all, I thought I fell in love. Yeah, let's go that's, with that. That's probably, uh, I thought I fell in love, I'd say early 2012, 13, just fresh out of high school. Oh, wow. Long distance relationship. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was love, man, but it was real toxic. Real toxic. Hmm. Um, we didn't really know ourselves, so um, it just didn't work out. What? At, the more you got into the relationship and the more aware you became, what made it toxic? Uh, just the way we thought we needed each other. Hmm. We didn't really function well away from each other so it's like constantly with each other all the time um not much alone time okay not much time to think by ourselves mm. so it just didn't work out and then do you think that the distance itself was adding to some of the toxicity yeah she was in new york and i was here in columbus yeah, so new york is uh, a, that's a new different york, beast yeah new york is yeah uh it was she was in she was in school um I went to school, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Had you had relationships prior to that? Or was that probably the first yeah, serious just, relationship? Yeah, you know just like little puppy love stuff. Right. It wasn't nothing serious, but that was like the first serious one where, you know what I'm saying, we were together, met parents and everything, all that. Wow. How long were y'all together? Two years. Okay, so it's for a little minute. Yeah, we, we made it work. Man. Wow. We made it work, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I... It wasn't what I now know what love is. Wow. So do you think that perhaps it was just a matter of timing? Or was it specifically that young lady that further added to some of the toxicity? Right? Because sometimes it could be people. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it could be the right person, wrong time. And then that adds to the toxicity too. So do you think there was one of those kind of elements? Uh, wrong time. I think if we met later down the line, mm -hmm. then maybe it could have worked, but nah, at that time, was that wasn't, because like, you know, fresh out of high school, going to college, yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't a good time, so I, I definitely think it's the time, and as you, as, as I grow, and I see her grow, I'm thinking, alright, cool, you know, mm -hmm. maybe we could have made that work, yeah. if it was later on, but nah, it's just bad timing. And I don't think that it probably, it probably didn't help that with this relationship being as serious as it was, the distance adding to that too. Yeah, this is hard. And that's, and then the element of her being in New York, man, that, New York and LA are two totally different types of beasts when you're yeah. coming from the Midwest. Like, A lot faster pace. Exactly. Different people. In you know, melting In abundance of people, yeah. yeah like yeah, that's yeah, a lot sure. to deal with, man. Meeting new people and everything. She tell me stories about like, people she met, like, huh? From where and who? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, uh, it was a. I, I, I didn't tell this story of all my homies and everything, but uh, it was a ball player, right? He played okay. in the league right now. Okay. <laughs> it was a, a net or or a net. <coughs> no, he plays. In, he was in college with her. Ah, and now he's in the league. Okay. He plays in the league now. He's Interesting. He's in the league for like seven, eight years. Interesting. So, <laughs> she told me a story about uh, how, you know what I'm saying, she was in his room. And she told me, I didn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? But I was just like, ah. I'm not buying this. I was in love. So, I was like, oh, are you right? I know I know you did nothing. But it's just funny because every time I uh, see him playing the league, I'm like, dang. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Try to take my chick. That's crazy. It's beef. Yeah. Yeah, the energy is on site. I don't give a damn if you're a professional athlete or not. Yeah, I'm I'm on 2K dogging on you and shit. Yeah, oh you got to. It's all personal at this point. Like you lucky you didn't buy a jersey and burn right, that yeah. shit. Low key. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting though, man. Um wow. So to pivot direction just a little bit, I know you and I did some, some talking prior to us having the opportunity to actually sit down and so you had mentioned to me before that you grew up primarily in a single parent household with just your mom and yeah. your siblings and so how did that dynamic affect your outlook and your experience with romance whether it was positive or negative oh um I don't know man because mm-hmm. my mom and my dad are both like you know what I'm saying very independent people and mm-hmm. my pops would always tell me, you know, forget about the girls, you know what I'm saying? They always, girls are always gonna be around. And then my mom would give me about the same message. So I kinda, mm. I kinda like lived my like younger years going like serial monogamous, you know what I'm mm, Yeah, um, absolutely. I didn't get attached to people, but when I did, it was like, okay, I'm here now. This is what we're doing. Once I got tired of that or whatever, I would just let him go. So, I, honestly, I've been working on getting out of that, getting out of that cycle, and just you know, working on myself, and then not dating at all, mm-hmm. just leaving women alone. Because growing up, I was told this, but now I'm seeing that hey, that's that that's something that they were dealing with, and that they just passed down to me. I just probably shouldn't follow that. Do you think that one parent was more maybe significant in teaching you how to love than the other? Or were their lessons kind of the same, you just received them differently? Um, well, I saw how my pops moved, and I didn't agree with that. So the way he the way he talked, I didn't really follow what he was saying. but. Um, I don't know. My mom was pretty detached too. Like, mm. uh, she, like she got tired of men all the, uh, quickly because they would like try to control her. I'm kind of the same way. Mm. Um, so I think my mom, in terms of winning your own independence, no. So um, I don't like when people like try to possess me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not their possession uh, or try to dominate what I do. Mm. So that's kind of like how my mom is as well. She didn't really like how uh, men would try to basically run her life. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really date 
or anything like that because that's just what it was. So I think I stuck with that more primarily. That's interesting. Wow. Do you think that seeing that played a part into what you may now identify as love languages now that you're going back into the world of dating or trying to date a little more seriously? Because um, I feel like, especially for young men, the relationships we have with our moms and how that dynamic of love is shown oftentimes it's kind of the origin of where you figure out how you want to be loved now the love is different obviously because mm -hmm. it's your mom right. but she's still a woman right and so do you think the element that you all had maybe played any parts on how you now expect women to love you now uh i'm not sure hmm. i'm not sure i haven't thought about that that's that's interesting. Because I did have a conversation with my mom about uh, like how she was complaining, like, you'll never, you know, just check in on me unless mm. it's something to talk about. That's so crazy. But I, I brought back to her, like, you do the same thing. Wow. So I, when I think about it, I don't, I don't necessarily look for love. If you're saying uh, growing up, What I have less of, I'm looking for now. Yeah, interesting. I don't think so. I don't think that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. Kind of navigate, just figuring it out. That's interesting, out. yeah. Hmm. And, and sometimes it takes time for us to identify. I know it definitely did for me. Like, my mother was always very affectionate when I was young, mm -hmm. right? And so I recognize now um, when I'm trying to navigate dating, that's a necessity. Like, I have to be with a woman who's very affectionate, you know? Um, but on the flip side, like, I think growing up, especially in, in single-parent households with moms, man, they they have this element of protection where, like, they try to almost be, it sounds kind of crazy, but they try to almost be your worst enemy to to buffer you from what the world is going to show you, mm -hmm. right? So if you could take it in the home, then you could take oh, it when yeah, you get out there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if moms always recognize what that sometimes does to our development as we're getting older, mm -hmm. right? You can only be called so many names or, or, or right. receive so much um, criticism before it starts, it, it starts to become a part of you. Right. And so even in that same breath, I recognize that there were things that I had to unlearn. And I had to also recognize that, you know, my mother was figuring this shit out, too. Right. You know, so I couldn't be as critical. But the older I've gotten, I've definitely um, have a better understanding of how the way she showed love has influenced how I look for love. Gotcha. Right. And so and in the same with fathers. And so in your case, you did neither of us really grew up with a father primarily in a home but we still had relationships with our fathers yeah. and so because you had that how did still having that relationship with your dad what what kind of lessons was he teaching you that you've been able to take with you in your growth and your development as you become a man my pops taught me man honestly I had growing up my pops didn't really teach me much but I did have a male figure in my life that taught me that's more really important as well um, like ever since I was like five wow, I had a male figure okay. in my life tell me what to do what's right or wrong wow. um, even that you know 
pops taught me like you know stuff about driving stuff like that but um more tangible stuff yeah, yeah more things you could take on not not more so about relationships or anything mm-hmm. um, I more so uh, watched how he moved with women and uh, I honestly do the opposite of what he did wow yeah so wow. when um so for example if a woman is you know trying to be like a mother figure to me i'm like that's kind of mm, weird like you know okay. they, they try to take care of you and everything. yeah uh, it's, it's kind of weird i can do it i can do a lot of things on my own mm-hmm. so i always look for that in a woman um, i look for uh independence you know i, I don't want to be taken care of mm-hmm. but, you know small things are nice yeah um so like I do the opposite of what my pops did. That's interesting. He, he 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 would he would embrace that, you know. Saying, "Oh, I can stay at her crib. Mm. She can take care of me." I'm just like, "Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I want, man." That's, that's not it. Man, I feel you. Wow. So yeah. What about that male figure? What were some of the more positive reinf- uh, reinforcing things that he may have uh, taught you or shown you that you picked up? Work ethic. Mm. Going to work every day. You gotta do taking care of your family. Mm. Uh, he has daughters that he takes care of. Mm. Um, there's a just the family. Like he showed me the family structure, really. Um, how a man's supposed to take care of his family. How a man's supposed to act towards women. Mm. Um, that was a very strong uh, male figure in my life. Mm. He's still he's still around to this day. That's what's up, man. It, it, it's so important, especially for those of us who don't get an opportunity to have our biological fathers in the home, still having some other male mm-hmm. figure that serves as, you know, a role model or, or even a parent. Like, you know, my stepdad is who raised me similarly when I was five. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still are, are very close today. And even just recently, we had a really good conversation. Um, and like, this is the first time in this stage of my life where I'm talking to my parents about children, like mm-hmm. the prospect of me having them. Right, because before when you seventeen, you from, not have no kids, man, it, <laughs> bro, that's all you hear. And God forbid you do have them, shit, you might need to look for another place right. to stay. But like off top, because I'm making no two kids, yeah. yeah. So I got the same stories, bro. But now they're, you know, my parents are both getting closer to fifty. I mean, they were relatively, you know, young when they had me, and so they're both getting closer to fifty, and they're both getting on the back end of their life, and they're like. All right, so like, this is grandkids. Yeah, like, cause I'm bored I, now, and I, I, I want to see him, man. It's my sister's birthday. Shout out to Drusa, my sister's birthday. But um, I'm gonna have dinner with them tonight. And I already know I'm gonna get the question. Like, so what, what's up with these grandkids? What's like, going on? I ain't got a girlfriend. <laughs> I ain't real talk. I ain't engaged or nothing. I ain't, I'm not even thinking about kids right now. Yeah, I'm the same way, brother. But they. They, they pushing that like hey we need some grandbabies my sister like I need some nieces and nephews man listen I, I hope y'all got grandbaby money right. shit that's how it's, they used to tell it, us it costs a lot to man and that's really the biggest deterrent it's just like how expensive having children seems like I mean again we don't have them but I can just only imagine I got friends who got them and it seems like every other second they're coming out the pocket for something you know one thing or another 26 and Man. Similac, you know, it's like, damn, bro, I can't imagine it. So, while you are in this space where you're navigating your singleness, you talked about wanting to heal from previous traumas and trying to break 
you know, poor habits and bad cycles. So since you've been doing it, what does that look like? And if you don't mind sharing, what what are some of those cycles or maybe some of those bad habits that you've been trying to, to release and cleanse? Um, some bad habits of mine are like uh, isolating myself when mm. I feel disrespected mm. or not talking about something because I feel like it'd be... Uh, It'll be used against me later, mm. which has happened a lot. So, yes. you know what I'm saying? I, I've been like kind of conditioned to just keep things to myself and not really express how I feel. So, I've been working more on uh, like just expressing the way I feel, even if I'm just like talking to someone mm. um, or in the dating stages, stuff like that. And it's helped me out. It really has helped me out working on those things. Mm. Um, other cycles um, and any maybe even traumas from previous relationships that you're trying to heal from so that way you don't project that onto the next uh, woman you run into because we you know we all got a tendency of doing yeah, that uh, another cycle would be like uh, feeling lesser than mm. all the time and you know expecting uh, things to be different when I'm still doing the same things uh, so working on those is probably what I've been doing yeah. yeah, that's about it. That's interesting, though. When did you recognize that you needed to do that? Was this a conversation you had with someone else, or was it you sitting down reflecting, with, kind of with yourself? You like, yo, self-reflection, man. I think in the past year or so, I've been reflecting and thinking about what I need to do different. Mm-hmm. my last relationship was 2016, so that's it's been a little bit years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was. That was a bad one. Mm. That was a bad one. But, um, you know, I've been working on it, trying to get it together, dodging exes. Yeah, I know that's right. For real. Uh, dodging the, the pitfalls. So, stay, you know, staying myself, really. Since you've been doing that work, do you think that the universe has responded to you? Like, do you think now, or, or have you seen more of the kinds of women you like to be dating start to come around or do you see more opportunities to meet the ideal kind of women that you want to be since you started doing that? Yeah, I've definitely seen more opportunities. Um, but I just... Uh, I, I Taking can't, your time? Yeah, I can't, I can't see myself getting back into a relationship anytime soon because... Interesting. Yeah, I still ain't work. I ain't work all the way through the traumas and the, the, the past bad thoughts and stuff mm. like that so I until I work all the way through those that's when I can finally you know what I'm saying love someone do you think you need more practice being in a relationship before you take that lead towards marriage uh, what's some real uh, shit like do you think that like right like if you if you fix the traumas you needed and you met your ideal woman do you think you'd be ready yeah I do that's real I do think I'd be ready cause love is all about giving mm. and I'm, I'm a giving person so I want I want to see the person I'm with be happy on their terms though. Mm. Um, happy, I want the person I want to be happy as well. So if I can work through the traumas and get through all that, I think I'll be ready to go. That's what's up. This shit is it's a forever journey for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really all humans, but I think especially men. Um, and it's unfortunate that I think. Our childhood and adolescent development doesn't afford us the opportunity to to be very introspective 
when we're younger, so we end up having to wait till we're post 25, getting closer to 30, when we start being like, oh, damn, I probably should stop doing that. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, <laughs> the, the male brain doesn't fully, well, doesn't fully develop till 25, is what I've been told. That's what they say. And I, I, I believe to it. To a degree, yeah. I believe it, because it, it took me a long, bump my head, bump my head, bump my mm. head, to like really realize, all right, this is the way to go now. Mm. Are you happy with where you are so far, at least, in, in your growth and development? I think so. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty happy where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up, bro. And I, I mean, one of the things I recognize, too, the older we get is that, like, men, our growth and development isn't as linear, right? Like, it... It all comes at different stages and in different areas. You know, like we were just talking about home ownership. Like you're, you've already reached that stage, and that's something that some men don't end up doing until maybe they're forty, right. right? But then on the other end is some men who, you know, maybe they're already fathers and they've been fathers since twenty one, twenty two, and that, and that's something that they're mastering. So it's like that development is is, is totally different for all of us. Um, and being okay with that, I think it's the hardest part, right? Especially now with social media, and it's like. For you and the way you look, the way you look at dating in this social climate now that we're in, um, when you think about the prospect of marriage, which one of these three words best defines how you're looking at it? Would it be cynical, optimistic, or indifferent? Mm. I'm optimistic. Hmm. Optimistic about it. Um, I used to be cynical about marriage, indifferent as well. Mm. But I'm 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 more so optimistic now because I'm getting older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can't be running the streets forever. What makes you so optimistic? Do you think? Um, just the prospect of finding the one. Yeah, and being being happy with the one I I, I find. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's and, and working towards where I want to be, mm-hmm. you know, finding someone that's equally ambitious as I am, mm-hmm. and get to where we where we want to go. Do you think it's really realistic that for men, especially in this stage of our life, that we can in fact grow with a woman, or do you think that we actually need? damn there in a way almost isolate ourselves for whatever our growth looks like for us and then we gonna welcome a woman to our life you know yeah I think we need to isolate ourselves hmm. and um grow because you, honestly I, I don't want to go through the growth pains with a woman you know hmm. and put her through that that's because you don't like stressing her out or, like, yeah like, she's not cool. It's not cool at yeah. all. So some men are like, yeah, she was down on me through all the cheating. Yep. You know, I was doing wrong, this, yep. that, and the third. And she stayed down. I'm like, bro, that, this isn't boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She don't have to That's go real. through that. Yeah. You know, so I, I really do think we need to isolate ourselves sometimes and uh, grow through whatever we're going through and then find the woman. Hmm. It's like, and that's so funny you say that, man, because I, for a minute, probably... Cause I got out of my last serious relationship in July of 2018, 
And so I want to say maybe the beginning of 2019, I told myself I wasn't trying to date anyone seriously for like the next five years. I know, right? So it was a hell of a declaration to make, mm -hmm. but I was like, at the time, I mean, I was 25, so I was thinking by 30, obviously I'd be knee deep in, you know, my career and now I'd be, I'd own a home by then and, you know, my credit would be where I wanted to be, so I'd be ready. Right. But every woman I was running into was like, that shit is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I swear to God, every, there was not one woman who supported that. Every single girl I ran into was like, yo, that shit is dumb. Like, why don't you want to build with a, with a woman? Why don't you want a woman to help uh, support you? Why don't you want a woman to, and I'm like, I thought that I was doing y'all a service. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I went you. Like, has that kind of been what you've been running into as well? When yeah, you present that kind of thinking to women? Yeah, because they were like, well, why can't you just do that with me? Because, you know, that's just not my mind. I don't, <laughs> don't want to have to do that. <laughs> I want to get myself together right now, you know? And then, when I'm ready, mm -hmm. find a woman. Absolutely. I don't want to have to deal with, you know, the broke me. You know, that's what I'm down saying. Down bad me. That's I, what I'm saying. I want her to get the full version of Trey. You know what I'm saying? I don't want her to just see me struggling. Yeah. Me struggling. It's, nah, I'm cool. So, isolation is probably best. Yeah. But, hmm. isolation, but leave the women alone. Like, don't be out here fucking around. That's Leading them on. Um. It's tough, yeah. Have a bunch of situationships. So isolation, the smart way. Don't don't be out here with situationships. Cause you you pull heartstrings with that mm. and get people involved that don't really need to be around while while you are building yourself up. That's real. Wow. Yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree with you, bro. I think a lot of times for us, the hard part of maintaining that isolation is just that naturally humans want companionship. Right. Yeah. And all it takes is that quick text at a eight nine o'clock while you already in the couch watching Netflix for somebody yeah. like I'm gonna come through and I got you know I got wine or I got whatever and you like cool <laughs> it's an issue like that quick man but that's so interesting that you say that because I've been thinking of, or been considering that too like how much of this personal growth that I have needs to just be me by myself so that's interesting that you you know you had you share that opinion now. In this, in our generation, kind of a follow-up question almost, in our generation, what do you find to be the biggest barrier for us to find love? Men and women. The access we get to other people. Mm. Um, you know, miss one, next 15, one coming. Mm. Kind of like that mentality. Um, you know, swipe right, swipe left, you know. It's yeah. simple to find something. Yeah, something, you know, mm. with the social media and everything. You don't have to go out in public and meet people. Yes. You know, you can't. I went to a bar last night and met a couple new people. I was like, okay. I ain't never seen you before, like, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, on social media, you can just meet whoever you need to. Um, you don't really have to go through the process of getting to know somebody anymore. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you, as soon as there's something you don't like, uh whatever, I can drop this person and find somebody else real quick. Mm. So I think that's the I think it's the biggest barrier um, as far as developing relationships with people. I think we just have way too many options. Way too many options. Mm. Yeah. There's just so many dating apps. You yep. get Twitter, you can get Instagram, find somebody real quick. It's the culmination of all of it. Yeah. Do you think that the, 
like our children and our grandchildren, do you think that they will regress and they'll try to limit themselves from the social media and the dating apps? Or do you think that it will be so deeply ingrained in like the dating culture that it almost would be a necessity for them? Yeah, I think it's already ingrained. I think it's, I think it's, I think dating app is just like a lot, everyone has it on their phone. Yeah. You know, at, at one point or another, someone has had a dating app on the phone. Um, just like Twitter and Instagram are basically dating apps, honestly. To be honest, yeah. You know? Especially Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Man, they be on there. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think the generations after us will be on social media with relationships and stuff. You know, I spend a lot of, well, not a lot of time, because um, I'm not fucking North Dominus or anything, but I do spend time sometimes just thinking about what the future is going to be like, and especially when it comes to dating. And I would not be surprised, man, if these dating apps are so mandatory to the point where, like, by, like, 14, you're signing up for a dating app, and that's even how you're navigating dating as a teen, right? And then maybe they're putting age restrictions on it then, and, like, I just... To your point, I do see it being so deeply ingrained um, in our dating experience that I don't know if we can go back, man. Like, I mean, yeah, there's no going back at this point. That's just the way the world now. Yeah. You get on the app to find a date. It's 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 important people don't even talk in person. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Unless they're like intoxicated. What? <laughs> and that shit barely counts. It is, it is so hard to have a conversation. It's now. yeah, it is. And it, it shouldn't be. Cause, I mean, we're still human. Yeah. Like we still need the interaction. I don't know. Do you do you think there was maybe a, a turning point where you saw or noticed like even before the dating ass where we was like, huh? Maybe this is what it might be, or was it maybe one dating app in particular? You was like, "Oh shit, things are totally different now." Um, when I first saw Tinder, I was like, "What is this? Yeah, what in the world?" And then, um, yeah, I think I'm I'm still young though, so I don't. We I don't, barely we, remember we, like eHarmony and shit yeah, like that. <laughs> we, we barely remember what what dating was before the dating apps and stuff, but um, we young. Yeah, yeah, dating apps is it's kind of. It, it's, it's to the point where I asked this girl for a number. She's like, I'll give you my Instagram. Girl. <laughs> you wildin'. Huh? Yeah, what am I gonna do with that? Just to go to, yeah, to your DMs and then ask for your number? look at you on Instagram I see you in person? That shit is weird, man. Yeah, I don't... I seen, um... Maybe it was PBS. It was one of these little alternative sites and they were doing a documentary talking about our generation while we're having sex less and getting married less. And they was talking about how much of maybe like stranger danger, yes. but that idea may have played into our our psyche even now. Yeah, the uh, like the old way, like chivalry, is kind of dangerous for women. So that like, is interesting. about it, uh, a man picking up a woman from her home for a date is very dangerous mm. in a woman's eyes. Um, you know, just stuff like that where the man has the control in mm. the situation is dangerous because it's crazy now mm-hmm. women are dying just for saying no literally it's it's bad like, yeah it's bad. so with that being said do you think that now some of the onus may have to be on women to make the courtship more mutual 
right? So maybe now women should be taking more initiative in just approaching men because why sift through the hundreds of dudes who are swiping right on you when you could cut it down to one if you know that that's what you want, you know? Or do you think they just maybe needed? I've, I've come across a few women that have approached me and it went a lot better than you know. I swear to God. But when I when I ask women on dates and stuff, I always, I always 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 ask, "Who's like to pick you up, or you want to meet me wherever we're going? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever is safe." Absolutely. Um, but you know, if women, because I, I don't want to say because they always say like chivalry's dead. Absolutely. Like, like well, you know, sometimes I, some women don't even want you to open the door for them. That's anymore. real. I'm like, That's real, huh? It doesn't make sense. But I mean, it makes sense to a point, you know, because maybe that's due to their past traumas or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, dating is odd. Though. It's pretty odd. Do you? So, and, and I didn't even have this on the docket to think about, but just obviously we both exist on Twitter and we spend a decent amount of time when they're engaging in Black Twitter and some of the conversations. What's your take on? The dollar amounts brothers should be spending on on dates because that seems to be very uh, a very popular topic now. Man, I've spent 150 on dates. I spent 20 on dates. There's no there's no dollar amount. It's whatever you know you feel is necessary to have that you know bonding type date situation. Whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever you feel you want to spend is what you want to spend. There's no, mm-hmm. no dollar. It, as long as she's having a good time, it doesn't matter what you're spending. And that, that really should be the outlook that we all should have towards yeah. dating. Do you think that it's more us and our, I guess, patriarchy? Or do you think it's more of women, um, whatever ridiculous standards that they're setting that makes us feel like I gotta be spending $200 on this date and I gotta be doing this and be doing that or, or is it just all bullshit on Twitter basically it's all bullshit on some I, real I, shit I, I think it's all bullshit because if women like you they'll accept I'm not gonna say they don't accept they will accept anything but um, if, if you come up with a date idea and it's, it's cool with them they'll accept it. I mean there's no dollar amount just Twitter makes it seem like oh you gotta while out on dates and yeah, seriously. expensive ass restaurants and stuff like that. You don't gotta do that. Just have a conversation. That's it. Eat somewhere, maybe you know, go do something active, who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely is tough trying to enjoy Twitter when we're having such kind of crass and ridiculous conversations to begin with. And from what I hear and from what I see, a lot of these women are, or, or men too, we're fronting on Twitter for whatever reason, and then in real life, that's not how we live in, and mm-hmm. it's just so, so it definitely isn't helping to better our, the union between us, especially in our community, because that's the community, you know, that I'm most concerned about, but, um, yeah, I agree with uh, you, but Speaking of Twitter, I posted today, I said, uh, Bought her friends drinks too, all 2020. And you should have saw the man in my life. You crazy? <laughs> da, da, da. I'm like, dog. If if I'm out at the bar, I see a shorty. I like. She got friends with her. I mean, she got like one or two friends. With right. Her. Yeah. You ain't say buy a bachelor yeah, party though. Know, yeah. Say, a bachelorette party. Yeah. Six or seven women. <laughs> like I said, yo. If, 
If you should've got friends with her, buy her a drink too. Mm. They went great. Dude's talking about, oh, you wouldn't buy random dudes drinks. I'm like, I don't, no I don't, shit. I don't care about what dudes yeah. do at the bar. Man. I like to see women have a good time. Wow. So, <laughs> it's just, oh, man. So I, I, I think, going back to your question, I think a lot of it is on men. Yeah. And they're, what, what they put out there. Yeah. What women expect from men because we, hey, this is what I'm going to do for you, blah, 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 stuff like that. That's interesting. Yeah, I think if we were a lot more honest about our financial insecurities when approaching dating, it would make the courtship much easier. Yeah, and that's just what it boils down to. Uh, I mean, some of us make 100000 some of us make fifty, some of us make thirty. Right. Whatever you're making, it's you have to be secure in that. It, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then these niggas don't have any... Well, and for some of us who either have talent and you're not tapping into it and using some of your own personal talents to advanced dates like bro if you're an artist include your art in whatever you know date that you may have like that's another way to maybe supplement how much money you're spending or just has to be more creativity or just find out what she like that always works <laughs> that never fails that it is never, never withdraws like what are you into find that out and then take do that you want to do. yeah that's fact <laughs> it's also a very simple resolution yeah yeah i, I agree bro. it really could be that simple um We've definitely made it much harder than what it needs to be, man. Um, now, beyond that, as we're getting older, just human beings in general, we all have to be more comfortable and, and have to be more secure with some of the nuances of attraction when we talk about being attracted to people we work with or just being attracted to people we see out. Um, and, like acknowledging that we can't get everything from just this one person that we're with. So as we get older and we learn to accept those things, how natural does monogamy continue to feel for you? Or do you think that, you know, it's not natural and maybe there are other relationship dynamics we need to be exploring? I don't think monogamy is uh, natural. I don't. I don't think it's natural, but Okay, so monogamy is cool for some people. Mm. Not everyone can be monogamous. Mm. You know? Me, myself, if I find one, that's the only one. Mm. But if I'm dating, monogamy is not for me. Yeah. Because why tie down myself to one? We're not exclusively dating, you know what I'm saying? Multiple dates. I don't know. I think monogamy is for some people. But even when you do get exclusive, what keeps you exclusive? Because you can, even with a marriage, you literally can leave whenever you want to. You're going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Cheaper to keep her. For sure. <laughs> for sure. If, if but, you know, you know. But. Um, damn. What. Whatever makes you want to stay with that person, yeah, just yeah. that person. Um, I can't speak, I can't generalize for all men or all women, but mm. whatever, whatever that person offers that you want to stay with, and just them, mm. that's what it is. Do you think you'd be willing to entertain an open relationship dynamic? No, absolutely not. What about polyamorous? Nope. Okay, I sure can't. <laughs> that's interesting. At least you're honest. Nah. Wow. If if. if if I find the one, and that's just that's it. There's no open. There's no 
no other people come into a relationship that's it, just me and her. So, I'm selfish. No, I, you know what? I am, I am too, bro. And it's, it's like, contrary to popular belief, I honestly think men, deep down, I think men are more monogamous than women at the core. This is my personal opinion. I think that men are more susceptible to distractions. And that is oftentimes what makes it seem like we can't stay focused on one one woman because we just are so easily distracted. And we're right. visual creatures. So yeah. the Instagrams and the Twitters and shit obviously aren't helping. But at the core, I really do think men are naturally more monogamous than women. I think that we enjoy the security of having one woman to take care of. We, we're naturally one-track-minded beings. I got one job. I got to do this job. I finish this job, and then I'm good. I got one woman. I take care of this woman. I do that, and I'm good. Like yeah. that's just how we are. Whereas women, I think naturally are a bit more fluid sexually, a bit more fluid um, in how they can uh, express love and whom they have the capacity to love. And so, I I do think that it is a unpopular opinion. And notion that men don't have the ability to be monogamous, man. I really do think it's the other way around. I think that nature shows us that. Yeah. Um, there, there's this, uh, there was this comedian that said men have, you know, folders. Interesting. When there's something to do, we go to that folder. Boom. That's mm. what we're doing. One track. That's it. He said, uh, there's like, there's like boxes, you know. Where we file our folders. Yeah, we file our folders in these boxes, <laughs> these filing cabinets. And then women is just like all over the place. You know what mm. I'm saying? They, they don't have folders. They don't have filing They're cabinets. like the World Wide Web. They're just everywhere. They, they can do multiple things at one time. I can't do I'm, I'm not. I can't multitask for nothing. Now, the women I know, they're doing this, that, at the same time. Like, hey, how... How, how, how do you do that? Yeah, seriously. So that's mm. that's a little song. I had to get the uh, the official quote though, but it's pretty funny. No, I think that's a great like explanation of it because we are that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we put like I said, the work folder stuff goes in the work folder. Yep. Relationship stuff goes in that folder. Like, so I I do think that it's really interesting seeing now how many more people are open to being in these polyamorous relationships mm -hmm. or being in the open relationships it just seems like we are losing to some degree the um, sacredness of marriage if that still matters to people um, and so I'm interested to just see how that dynamic continues to grow as we get older now you know both men and women are guilty of being pretty dishonest and sometimes overly analytical and impatient um, in the dating and courtship phase but if we could minimize it down to one thing specifically, and we're talking about women, one singular mistake that they make in the courtship stage, what would that be from some some of your experiences in the platonic you know, friendships you have? If you had to boil it down to one thing, now it could be grand, but... That's gonna sound good, though. It's gonna sound Be honest, though. Um, Thinking they're the only option. Mm. Thinking that I need them. Mm. It's just like, all right, it's it's bad on my part. Like that, I could just like 
so quickly drop them. Bad, bad. I need to work on that. But um, sometimes women just get disrespectful mm. or say something out of pocket. I'm just like, time out. Not to, not, not, not to sound, you know, crazy and things. No, you're like, your truth. Do you know who I am? Mm. So that's, I think that's one mistake um, women make. In my experience, mm-hmm. just thinking that I need them or um, they can't be replaced. It sounds so bad. <laughs> do you think for them it's just inherent? I think so. I think like so. they just can't fucking help it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they, they probably dealt with some dudes in the past that like, Oh, I need you, something like that. that was, in, in my case, mm-hmm. I, I don't. Yeah. You know, you're not the only option. Yeah. And, w- and it's funny that if for women who approach you that way, because dare we do that to them? They'd be going in a split second. Man, <laughs> you wouldn't even be able to get that shit out your mouth before like, they would be gone. Man, but I mean, some some. Women, Okay, some some women deal with stuff like that though. Yeah. So it it kind of it's kind of the same thing. Mm. It's just men make the same mistake as well. I was gonna ask you if, if for men, what would you think our biggest mistake is usually? Uh, letting our ego get in the way of everything. Mm. Pride, most likely. My my, my pride done messed up a lot of things. Mm. I kind of I I low key regret. I regret some of the things that my pride has stopped me from doing. Um, but yeah, pride and ego. Wow. It's probably on the men's side. How do you think that we as men should start tackling that? Like, how do you think that we learn how to be more honest with ourselves or attack some of those insecurities regarding our pride? Do you think that it's a matter of therapy? Do you think that it's a matter of us... Um, having very honest conversations with women we've been with in the past, maybe, and trying to figure out, like, what do you think, or, or maybe what's worked for you in the past? You just answered it. And be having those conversations. Having those conversations with women in the past. Um, if, 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 if you have a healthy enough relationship with those women, I had to have those type of conversations. Um, therapy is one as well. Because um, a lot of that stuff is just trauma. Mm-hmm. And their pride is telling them, like, oh, no, nah, you can't let that happen you're this man and stuff like that but um, I've come to a realization that hey if you put everything online you can't regret nothing mm. so um, all my dealings with women are is just honesty um, whether it hurts their feelings or not you know truth hurts sometimes absolutely but um, I think I think if we just was honest with ourselves and uh, didn't let the pride get away we'd be a lot better off would you say you love hard? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of people say that, but um, a lot of people don't know what love is. Mm. So they might think loving hard is like, oh, this is my person. I gotta, you know, put, they're my possession and stuff like that, but that's not, that's not what love is. Um, having conversations around love get it, give it all of us a better understanding about what it really is. Cause like when I when I thought back um, on all the relationships I've had that when I said I love you or something like that, um, I actually looked up like definitions of love wow. and the difference between love and lust 
it's tied together a lot. Mm. So um, you may think you love someone, but really it's just lust. Mm. And lust can make you think like, oh man, I love this person, but it's, it's not love. Mm. So more conversation about love and give us a better understanding. I don't think I love hard. So I ain't really, mm. I ain't really been in love. So we'll see. Later on line, if, if, if I find it, and we'll see how, how I go about it. That's interesting. Wow. It, I wanted to um, ask something that I kind of just came across um, randomly the other day, just a question that I've never really asked anything within, in this context, I guess, in some of these interviews, but I thought it was interesting, especially for the time that we're in now. Do you think that you'd rather have really, really extraordinary love and a really, really extraordinary experience of loving someone that didn't last? Or would you rather have ordinary love that lasted forever? I'll take the ordinary love that lasted that's, forever. Wow, that's interesting. Because after that that person, it's kind of, it's kind of like a high. It's mm. kind of like a high. Because you'll always be searching for that extraordinary love. Mm. It's kind of like you know, for some people do like crack or something like that. Yeah, for sure. They just, they just hooked on like, damn, I need yeah. that high again and can't never get it. So they mm. just constantly, constantly looking for it, looking for it, looking for it, can't get it. They're dissatisfied with life. Mm. So I'd rather have the ordinary love, you know what I'm saying, that lasts forever rather than that, than have that, you know, that month to a, a year high. And you're just like, oh, this is great. And once it's over, damn, I'm in the dumps now. I can't really find this. It's the same type of love again. Right. So, yeah. That's amazing. Do you think that you've had any opportunities to see any examples of what that ordinary love is supposed to look like? Yeah, I think, um, you know what? Have I seen, have I seen that? I don't think I have seen that. Mm. Because I, mean, I don't think I've been around love that long to really see it, whether that's um, couples or, or you know people that are married. Mm-hmm. I, I have friends that are married, but they ain't married for long, so yeah. who knows what's going to happen down, down the road. I hope it stays together. Of course. Everything's fine, but you, know, you don't niche, you never know. Right. So I hope I do get to see that. Does not having that representation ever make you nervous? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, my grandfather's married 45 years. But wow. He was not faithful in those marriages. Wow. In that marriage. <laughs> 45 years of marriage. 45 years, man. I've seen, I've seen something like, like, I don't think I've ever seen, like, lasting partnership throughout my life. I think I've seen more splits than people that stay together. Yep. That's a problem. Yes, it is. That's a problem. People don't stay together. Yeah, same. And it's it's so crazy because, man, even in the last, I think this would be episode seven now for this podcast, I think the other six brothers who I've interviewed, I maybe one has parents, look, their biological parents are still married. Maybe one. And I could be making that up, to be honest with you pretty bad percentage <laughs> it is man it is and it's yeah, unfortunate 
how and in addition to that how many of us grew up primarily in single parent households you know and are either first generate or are going to be first generation in home dads which is like crazy to say because yeah. we got four or five generations of men in our you know families it's um yeah man that's scary that's scary and so now at this stage you're 26 uh, you'd be 27 this year if you could go back and have a conversation with 17 18 year old Trey what would you tell him Stay focused on, stay focused on what you're passionate about, and leave the girls alone. Mm. That's what I, I would. That's what I would tell them. Um, save your money, man. For save real. Your money, save your money. Uh, don't spend it on frivolous things. Mm. And um, work on your insecurities. Mm. That's really and uh, listen to your mom. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> everything she's telling you is going is, is going to work out. Yeah. Wow, bro. I think that's really profound, and I think all of those, all of that is sound advice. Shit. And if it's any seventeen or eighteen rows listening to this, yeah. please take heed to that. Please. Like, man, because life it, it comes very quickly. Mm-hmm. This shit does not wait for any of us. So, again, I just want to conclude this, and, and I want to thank you for coming on. You know, you and I had very minimal interaction via Twitter prior to this. And so for you to put yourself out there and be willing to come on and have a very vulnerable conversation, essentially with someone you don't know, mm-hmm. I, you know, means a ton to me. Yeah. And it means a ton to the people who are having the opportunity to listen um, and are taking away the information that you're, you're given and applying that to previous relationships and experiences mm-hmm. they had. So I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Sure. No problem. It's the Black Man's Love Series and we signing out. <laughs>